Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.J. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues on in the Bible series in the Book of Romans with this message entitled, The Nature and Function of Sin. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 7, verse 7. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. The question St. Paul asks in Romans 7 and verse 7 is Honomos Amartya. The law sin, that is, is the law itself is sin. Megenoito. Perish the thought. Unthinkable. And so we discussed the nature and function of the law. I want to speak the nature and function of sin. All children of Adam are born with sin nature. He is born enemy of God. His very imagination and thought are against God. He is dead, we are told, in trespasses and sins. He is ruled by Satan, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience. He can only sin every day of his life. You ask him, how are you doing? Fine. First, when such a sinner is given law by parent, teacher, police, pastor, sin in him takes advantage of the law to produce many sins, even sins one did not think about. The sin that is resident in us uses law as a base of military operation within our souls. So Paul sinned much against God, especially in terms of the Tenth Commandment, do not covet. Number two, sin is extremely powerful. Sin is pictured in Romans as a king with great power, with great authority. Martin Lloyd Jones said, next to God, sin is the greatest power in the universe. Only the grace of God can defeat and conquer sin's great power. So take a look at Romans 5 and verse 21. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 6 verse 12. Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body. So that you obey its evil desires. 
Romans 6, 14, for sin shall not be your master. Because you are not under law but under grace. Romans 6, 16 and 17. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves. You are slaves to the one whom you obey. Whether you are slaves to sin. Which leads to death. Or to obedience which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin. You wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. Or Genesis 4 verse 7. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to possess you, but you must master it. Jeremiah 17 verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things beyond cure. Who can understand it? Mark 7 20 through 23. Jesus said what comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. For from within out of men's hearts come evil thoughts. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. Number three, sin is ever active. There is no Sabbath. There is no rest. For sin, it works 24-7. Sin works hard day and night. When you are very, very young and when you are very, very old. Sin works hard even when you worship. Right now, sin is working. Sin is active because the devil is active as a roaring lion. He walks about to devour especially. And if possible, God's very elect. If you feel angry as I preach, sin is working in your heart. If Holy Spirit is working in your heart, you will say to the preacher, Amen. Meaning what you are saying is the truth. Number four. Sin works through evil lust. Lust is the root. Fornication is the fruit. Lust is the root. Stealing is the fruit. Lust is the root. Adultery is the fruit. Lust is the root. Murder is the fruit. First attitude, then actions. This is why we need a new heart and Holy Spirit. So that we can love God and do his will. Eve lusted first and ate the forbidden fruit. Achan lusted and stole. Ahab lusted and took Naboth's vineyard by killing him. 
David lusted and took Bathsheba. Amnon lusted and raped Tamar. Judas lusted and sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Demas lusted and abandoned Paul and the gospel for this world. Lust is the root. This specific sin is the fruit. Number five. Sin cannot be cured by education or economic progress or political progress or scientific advancement. Today man hates the word sin. Man is born good, he says. Man is getting better, he says. Of course, man is highly educated. He is highly civilized. Of course, he kills millions and millions of people in wars. We have killed 50 million unborn children since 1973. Sophisticated, educated, civilized, rich, Western people are wicked to murder. He violates every commandment you ask. How are you doing? Fine. He hates the Bible. He hates the God of the Bible. He hates anyone who preaches the Bible. That's why you get angry at me. Because you are wicked. I preach the word. And if you don't like it, it shows the hardness of human heart. You don't like when I speak about sin, that we should do righteousness. He hates Jesus Christ above all. Nice man, civilized man, sophisticated man. He hates the moral model given in the Bible. He loves the medical model that came out of evolutionary hypothesis, came out of naturalism. So he will not call him a sinner, but he's a patient. Number six, sin uses the bait of pleasure and thrill. You ask yourself, sir, why did you do what you did? You were looking for thrill and pleasure. It is the bait. Sin is a good fisherman. He shows you pleasure, but hides death. Hebrews 11 verse 25, we read, He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than To enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. The thrill of it. The pleasure of it. The excitement of it. The high of it. The feeling of floating in the air of it. And then you come down crashing. You fried your brain. You become a lazy bum. Sin kills, that's the next. Sin kills victims. Romans 5 verse 21, so that just as sin reigned in death. Sin reigns in death. 
The wages of sin is death. Nobody sends you to hell. You worked every day of your life to go to hell and you will go to hell. And the next point is sin totally deceives man. Look at Genesis 3 and verse 4 and 5. You will not surely die. The serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat of it your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing good and evil. All lie, all lie, all lie. And you young man you listen to that lie. And you sin. And you are in trouble. Genesis 3 and verse 13, then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Ephesians 4 verse 22, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. And Hebrews 3 verse 13 But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you be hardened with the sin's deceitfulness. And 2 Thessalonians 2, 7 through 10, for the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. Antichrist is called what? Lawless one. And you say you are a Christian. And yet you live like a lawless one. Then you are not a Christian. Antichrist is lawless one. Whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs and wonders. And in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. Deceived by Satan. Deceived by sin. Why? You are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth. And so be saved. Martin Lloyd-Jones tells us. The many ways sin deceives us. Now let me give you 11 of them. Sin deceives us. By misusing the law. The law must be used lawfully. First Timothy 1.8 We know that the law is good if one uses it properly. The law is not given that we may be justified. It cannot sanctify. It reveals us sin. And if we are God's people. It reveals us God's will. But sin misuses the law by saying lust is okay. As long as you don't sin outwardly. Evil intentions. They are not sin. God does not judge evil desire. 
Number two, sin comes and says, you sinned once. Okay, you broke the law. You are hopeless. So keep sinning. More sins make no difference. Number three, antinomianism. Don't be troubled when you sin. We are saved by grace from first to last. Once saved, always saved. So it does not matter whether you sin or not. In fact, you can bring greater glory to God by sinning more. Because where sin abounded, grace superabounds. More sin equals, more grace equals, more glory to God. This is the message of evangelicalism today. Martin Lloyd-Jones says antinomianism is one of the most blinding curses that has ever afflicted the life of the church. Number four, sin deceives us by creating within us an antagonism to the law, saying God is against us. That's why he prohibits us from doing certain things. He does not want us to have fun. If he were for us, he would have let us do what we want. Number five, sin says God's law is unreasonable, unjust, and impossible. Number six, sin deceives us into thinking very highly of ourselves. Number seven, sin says God's law is oppressive, keeping us from developing into A God without needing law. God does not like competition. Number eight. Sin deceives about itself. Sin makes sin very attractive. Sin is very pleasurable. Sin permits you to express yourself. Go ahead. Walk nude through the streets. If it feels good. Do it. Express yourself. Number nine. Sin makes righteousness look drab. And unattractive. An obedient son is no good. A rebellious son. Oh he's exciting. He does dope. He fries his brain. He gets drunk. He fornicates every day. Isn't life exciting? But you, an obedient son. What a drag. Number 10. Sin deceives us to overlook eternal, terrible consequences. To your own body and your own soul. Your children and children's children for generation to come. Did you think about that when you did that fornication? Terrible consequences finally of hell itself. You shall not surely die. Number 11. Sin deceives into thinking. Sin deceives us into thinking. You have perfectly kept the law. 
you are perfect pastor has no clue about your perfection you should tell him you are perfect so honomos hamatia law sin the answer he gives about the true nature of god's law first the law is holy which is absolute antithesis of evil god is holy so his law is holy number 2 god's law is righteous sin tells us that laws demands are unjust unfair but laws demands are just the criminal is put to death because of his crime not because of unjust law number 3 the god's law is good the law tells us god alone is good and so his law is good and good for us good life friends ask yourself what is a good life here it is a good life is a life lived in conformity with the law of god the life of jesus was the good life law is not evil law is not the cause of sin and death sin is the cause of sin and death then what is the divine design and intention of giving us the law verse 13 of chapter 7 tells us that sin may be unmasked see sin deceives so the law unmasks sin sin may be exposed to be recognized for what it is that sin may be seen through the law of god that sin is utterly sinful it is utterly foul it is excrement it stench in the nostrils of god it's destructive it sends us to hell so the law reveals sin as utterly sinful that we hate sin with all our being jesus exposed satan when he said the thief comes to steal kill and destroy we can say sin comes to steal kill and destroy you but i have come jesus said that you may have life and have it more abundantly the devil is a liar and father of all lies so let us look at some application first law is not sin second law reveals and unmasks sin number 3 therefore we must preach the law that the holy spirit may convict sinners of their sin that they may turn to Jesus number 4 Jesus saves only sinners who are convinced of their utter sinfulness 
Number five, ask yourself, what is your reaction to God's holiness? God who is judge. What's your reaction to the preaching of the cross? What is your reaction to the Lord Jesus Christ? What is your reaction to the Bible? Hatred or delight? Number six, first sign of spirituality is to feel dead, unclean, lost. Number seven, doctrine of sin and law, absolutely essential to understanding the gospel. That's what we do in this church. We preach the whole Bible. We don't just say, God forgives you. Forgives what? God saves you, saves you from what? And the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin. That we may turn to Christ and be saved. Number eight. Law cannot justify or sanctify. We are saved from sin's penalty, power and pollution. By the blood of Jesus. That is applied to us by the Holy Spirit. Number nine friends. Choose a church. Where God's word. Law and the gospel. God's word is fully preached. Not just antinomian forgiveness. And may God help us. To welcome light. And the brightness of light of God's word. Once we were darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us to love light, to love and delight in your law, which reveals to us as believers the will of God, which will we do now by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. God works in us both to will and to do his good pleasure. And we work out by the power of the spirit of the living God. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for bringing us to the light of the gospel. And we love the gospel. We love the word. We love the Holy Ghost. We love the Lord Jesus Christ. We love your holy church. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio of this sermon entitled, The Nature and Function of Sin. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.